Hey cuties, welcome to another episode of Mimi Said What? I'm Mimi Robinson, and this is my show where I have unfiltered girlfriend chatter with a dose of TV and entertainment and a side of pop culture. I'm a dope-ass black woman who happens to be a wife, a mom, and still have a life of my own. I'm just saying. Mimi Said What? is the perfect outlet for women with busy lives. Mimi, update. Oof. I have been working on my self-care. I have finally, after two years, gone back to the nail shop and it felt amazing, y'all. I'm sure a lot of y'all been back in the mix, but I have not. Um, I had clawed my nails off (laughs) that I had just gone back to getting done um, pre-pandemic and then the pandemic hit and I was like, how do I pry these things off my hands? Um, So I'm terrible at polishing my nails um and i hate chip polish like my hands are always in water and at the same time i love like some pretty looking nails so all of that was definitely the reason why i decided to return so i took nori along with me because she is my very expensive sidekick and so i got my nails done she got her nails done um and then i went back again by myself and got my nails done and my toes done. So definitely working on the self-care part of stuff. Um, I definitely made it rain on myself. All, you know, all, of course, in the name of self-care <laughs> over the weekend, um, y'all. So a couple weeks ago, probably about two weeks ago, I had some car drama and I ended up uh, having to pull in a parking lot of a McDonald's and wait for my husband to get off his meeting to come and get me. Now, thankfully, I didn't like break down on the side of the road or anything like that. I was very safe. The weather was actually beautiful that day. I put my windows down. I took my ass in McDonald's and got me something to eat because I was hungry. And I just sat there unbothered and waited until he showed up, like, which is so unlike me. But I just was not tripping. I just had no feelings tied up into it, which, again, is unlike me. Normally, I'd be flustered. I'd be mad. I'd be frustrated. And I just didn't feel like that in that moment. But I was over it so I hopped in his truck he hopped in my truck and I don't know what was wrong with it but uh it was driving crazy like I could feel it in the steering wheel it was making a noise it had like a smell and then he got in it and it did do it to him and part of me was glad. I hate when I'm like, oh, babe, something's going on with my truck. And it's I'm trying to describe what's happening, right? And then he gets in and none of that shit happens. It's like when you want your kid to do the thing when people are around that they do all the time when nobody is around and they make you look stupid. That's how I felt. But this time he felt it. So last year I had decided that I was going to buy a new truck in 2022. My goal self-imposed was to wait two years until I had been without a car note so my truck you know had been paid off and I was all set and I was going to get me a new truck and I was so I had a 2013 Ford Edge Sport and I was going to get the new 2022 version of it but Russia is Russian and the pandemic is still damning and it's still a hot ass mess out here um And so the inventory for new or used vehicles is trash. These dealerships don't have anything for the things they're getting in. They're like allocated already to a whole bunch of people. It's just a whole mess. But in this moment, I was like, I'm not putting another dime into my truck. And so 
I bought a new one. It was literally the perfect storm. So I am someone who believes that what's for me is for me. Now, people say that all the time, but what I mean is I know something is meant to be when it happens seamlessly. I don't have to jump through a whole bunch of hoops. I don't have to force parts and pieces into place to make it work. It just works. And that's how it was buying the new truck. Babe and I had been looking. So I decided I I wanted to go hybrid um, after he asked me like what I consider it. And honestly, I didn't know much about a hybrid exactly. I knew I, I wasn't ready for electric. That's too much responsibility and stress that I don't want or need in my life. I'm just not there yet. But kudos to y'all with your Teslas and your other full-on electric vehicles. If you like it, I love it. But I wasn't. So uh, when he mentioned hybrid, I was like, well, babe, I hadn't given it any energy. So I did a quick uh, Google search and I looked up the top uh, crossover vehicles in hybrid. And the truck that I bought was number two. Subaru was number one. And they always have great ratings, but I'm just, Subaru ain't for me. I want my vehicles to be safe to be uh, aesthetically pleasing to me and all those things. And a Subaru just does not check all those boxes for me. So what I did end up buying was a 2022 Toyota XSE, which is just a sport version hybrid. And y'all, it was delivered on Saturday and I fucking love that truck. So let me tell you the story. Okay, so um, the 2022 Ford Edge Sport, which is what I was going to get, the price was like hella high and I couldn't find what I was looking for. So then I told y'all I got on a hybrid and I was riding hard for this. I want y'all to know I bought this vehicle online only before I had even test drove one. It's backwards, I know. But that's exactly how it happened. (laughs) So what I did was um, I had been looking, baby and I both had been looking and I wanted this color. It's called Calvary Blue. They just started making that color last year. And I just could not find the make and model. I was not willing to compromise in any way. I wanted what I wanted. If I'm going new, I'm not compromising, right? So I was real solid in that position. And we had been looking, looking, looking. Of all the searches across all the states, like I was beyond my area. Like, let me check everywhere. I found one days later after I had been looking. Y'all, when I found it, I was excited. It was the sport I wanted. It was the color. It had the features. Do you know when I clicked that link, it was like purchase in progress? And I was like, really? Well played. Y'all got a funny joke on me, right? So I still put my email address in there. It was like, you know, let us know if it becomes available or whatever. And then it did. Out of nowhere, it came available. So I'm online. I ended up buying it from Carvana, which I had never worked with. So I had to create an account. I'm like doing all this stuff to go through the purchasing. I'm applying online for it. I had not secured funding or anything. So I had to call the bank real quick. Thankfully, that stuff is a well oiled machine because I got it done. And so um, that let me know that it was meant to be. Like I didn't have to jump through any hoops. It mysteriously became available for whatever reason. And I love it. It has uh, lots of bells and whistles that my 2013 truck did not have. I still maintain my panoramic sunroof and all of the things I wanted along with a lot of new features. So if y'all see me out here in these streets, shout me a holla. Ooh, what else did I buy? I bought a truck. I bought me a handbag. Originally, I was like, well, if I'm not going to buy a truck, 
Uh, I'm, I need a new handbag. And I had fallen in love with this Louis Vuitton bag that was out of stock. And then it came back in stock. And then when I was purchasing it, like hitting the actual final button, it like suddenly went out of stock. You know how the universe be playing games? Yep, that was me. So then the next day I get an email and they're like, oh, you left something in your cart. Well, you told me it was out of stock. So how could I leave something in my cart that you don't have? Well, the universe smiled upon you, girl, and it was in stock. So I ordered that too and like a couple of sweatpants from Nike and a Cinnabon. Ooh, and Wegmans, some snickerdoodle cookies from Wegmans. They set my soul on fire. So I definitely got all of the desires of my heart. I have been loving myself on the inside, the outside, and all the ways around. All right, so enough about that. What else happened? Ooh, since my last episode, one of my clients, Play Pits, landed in Target. So I'm a social media uh, manager for four brands, four small black owned businesses and Play Pits, which is a natural deodorant brand made by a black woman is officially in Target. And I'm so proud and so excited. I didn't send everybody to Target. Um, Play Pits is in 365 stores in the United States. It is all natural deodorants. They have five cents. Um, three of them are targeted towards kids, but they are strong enough for adults as well. So check your target area and look for play pits in the deodorant aisle. It may not, they do have men's, but they're all together at my target in particular in the women's section. So check the women's deodorant and you'll probably see all the play pits and then check it out. If you haven't give them a try, they are top tier. Let me tell you, I was a customer long before she was a client. So that'll tell you something. Um, so other than that, I'm counting down to the last day of school with my senior who is currently giving me the biggest headache. There's like 20 some days left until graduation. I'm both excited, anxious, and exhausted all at the same time. Like it's so much. I'm just like, can we just make it to the finish line? Can you just keep your ducks in a row so we could just keep on sailing? So that is the haps with me. Okay, let's get into this pop culture update, y'all. We got a lot to unpack. As most of you know, should know at this point, the 94th uh, Academy Award presented the Oscars on last evening. And what is typically a very basic and uneventful show turned out to be way more than that. So there were a few wins that I was excited about, uh, or maybe just a couple. Um, So... Ariana um, won for best support, best um, actress in a supporting role for West Side Story. Um, I hadn't seen it. It's not my kind of story, but I was excited for her. She is the first openly queer Afro-Latina to win in this category, um, to win an Oscar. And she's only the second Latina to win an Oscar. So that was pretty dope. Um, also the animated feature film winner was Encanto, which is a movie my daughter was firmly obsessed with, as was the world, because there are a million and one kid and adult made TikToks about Encanto and everybody knows that we don't talk about Bruno. So it was nice to see them win. They have a very, very diverse cast. Um, Cruella took home the costume design and rightfully so if you have not seen that movie you are doing yourself a disservice that movie is so amazing and the fashions are top tier like oh they deserved it they absolutely deserve it 
And then um, Will Smith won actor in a leading role. This was his first uh, Oscar. And so this was, you know, a big win for him. It was it was the first for him. So um, I'm not about to wax poetically about Will Smith and a Chris Rock, but I will say he earned this win in King Richard. King Richard was incredible and he did a dope job. Um, I will say that I wish the Will Smith and Chris Rock drama hadn't played out in mixed company. Um, that was something that should have taken place backstage if that's how they were feeling with no cameras around. And maybe we only got, you know, like a few rumblings of a story, but hardly anybody witnessed. Right. So it's like, oh, I heard this went, went on backstage and he did this and he did that. But nobody like really, really knows. That's how it should have been. Um, that that was not the case, as you all know, at this point. Um, so I don't. uh I believe everyone, men and women alike, shouldn't put their hands on people. I really, really do. Um, I'm over the think pieces and the all the everythings about this whole situation. I was over it probably last night when it happened because it was everywhere. The memes, the everything. Um, so, yeah. Uh, I think uh, Diddy did a good job in trying to clean it up. And he was like, we're going to settle it like family does. And we're going to be good. It's going to be all love. Um, and so if you happen to be under a rock, which you shouldn't, Will slap Chris Rock after Chris Rock made some jokes about, uh, Will's wife, Jada, about her bald head and, um, referencing, uh, G.I. Jane, which was a movie from back in the day. Um, what's interesting is Chris Rock made a documentary about the culture and stigmas of black women's hair that he dedicated to his daughter, <laughs> but then he still mocked her in the form of comedy um for her bald head now Jada has openly talked about having alopecia and I don't know if he knew or not I don't think that even matters honestly um a lot of people you don't have talked about it I don't think that matters but yeah um also back in 2016 Chris Rock spent about two minutes going in on Jada for boycotting the Oscars so this ain't the first time I guess that Will and Jada took it on the chin from Chris Rock at the Oscars as far as poking fun of her and I don't know Maybe this was the last straw. Uh, but Jada's from Baltimore, Will's from Philly, and Chris is from Brooklyn. So infer what you will. Moving on. Uh, Justice Katanji Brown Jackson had her confirmation hearing last week. And it was both exciting and triggering. Like, it was the... Oh my God, there was so much love and support around her that I absolutely adored. I hope that she got a chance to see that online. The articles, the posts, the pictures, um, the most endearing part was, you know, the picture of her daughter just looking at her, kind of gazing at her mom and Cory Booker celebrating her and telling her to celebrate this moment about her blackness like um, there's a lot of talk about black men not supporting black women, not having their backs. And he had her back in such a grand fashion on such a platform. He was like, I don't have no questions for you. I want to celebrate you in this moment. I want to love on you in this moment. I want to affirm you in this moment. And it is one of the best things on the internet, let me tell you. So I look forward to officially uh, seeing her confirmed as Justice Jackson because she deserves it. Um, it was a bit painful to watch the Ted Cruz and some of these other people disrespect her and um, insult her intelligence when sis is more qualified than half those people there. Um, also, Ted Cruz 
his whole state had a storm and that fool went on vacation. So you ain't got a pot to piss in. But those are always the ones with the most to say. So I look forward to her making history. Y'all know I hate when we the first black to do this or to that to do that. But um, I am excited about that. All right, moving on. So Baby Shark is uh, <laughs> is gone hip hop. So Cardi B, a.k.a. Sharky B and Offset aka Off Shark and Culture, aka Culture Shock, will be on an episode of the Baby Shark series on Nickelodeon. Now, my children are far beyond that, so I will not be watching. But um, if you have the littles or you just want to check it out, the episode will air on April 15th. And Cardi's singing a song. Her shark got hoops. And <laughs> it was really, really cute. Um... All right, so we got a teaser from You, the Netflix series that we are all addicted to. Um, And season four is now in production. Season three was just as good as one and two, I will say. They did not fall off. And I am looking forward to the mentally unstable and crazy and murders that are to come for season four. (laughs) Ah, And let's see what else. Bridgerton is back. Are y'all watching? Now, we know Reggae Jean-Paul is not here for season two. And that was a big, big story because he was such a hit uh, when he brought all the sexy back in season one. But um, I started watching. So season two just dropped like three days ago. And the marketing and advertisement looks like it's just as good as season one. I just started digging into it. So I'm only on episode three. So I don't really have a strong opinion. We'll talk about that in the next episode when I should have finished binge watching it. Um, We do have some new brown girls, though, that I absolutely love in this season. And so um, they are something to talk about. So I'm going to keep watching. If you are a fan, one, let me know. Will you watch? Were you one of the people who were disappointed about, you know, him not being in season two? And so you just swore it off that you're not going to watch? Or are you giving it a go? Let me know. Slide in my DMs. Send me a message anywhere on social at Mimi Cute Lips and let me know. Also, let's see. Grey's Anatomy. Now, I told y'all how I was so sick of Grey's Anatomy. Well, I officially cut the cord. I deleted the recordings from the DVR and I am no longer a member of this army. Like, I just, I couldn't torture myself anymore. Like, the stories were tired They were lackluster and I just, I just couldn't. So there's that. I just, I just could not. Um, What else? So Cheaper by the Dozen came back. Um, Vivica, nope, not Vivica. Gabrielle Union is starring in it. And it is definitely a remake on an old school thing or classic, whatever you want to call it. Um, that, you know, it exploits the, the Rambo. I don't know. They are a crazy ass blended family of 12. And they got a hectic home life. It's chaotic. It's all over the place um, while they're managing this family business. So um, I think the original came out like in the 50s. <laughs> I didn't watch. I don't know if you've watched, um, but I haven't. So It's a semi-autobiographical account of their lives as written in a novel from 1948. And so it played out in film and now it is playing out on Disney Plus, should you choose to watch. But Gabrielle Union is the mom. I forget who the dad is. So it just released in March. So 
I haven't watched it. I don't know that I plan to watch it, even though it's co-written by Kenya Burris, who I love a lot of his work to include Blackish and many more, but I don't know if I'm looking for it. All right, more Will Talk. So I Am Legend is going down on the big screen. A sequel. A sequel. Do y'all care? I did see I Am Legend back in the day. But it's in the works with Warner Brothers. And I'm going to watch. Why? Because my two leading men, the only men on my Hollywood hit list, Will Smith and Michael B. Jordan, are starring in it. How could I not? They're the only two on the list. I must watch. So whenever it comes out, we're going to talk about it ad nauseum. All right. What else came out? So Atlanta, the show Atlanta returned to Fox. My husband is thrilled. Um, I've never watched a full episode before, but he swears it's one of the best shows ever, and he absolutely loves it. Um, I might consider binge watching it. Every now and again, he'll show me a bit that he thinks is so hilarious, and so I've only seen like a couple of those, but nothing solid that I could even speak to the storyline or anything. All right, so let's move on to some daytime. So... Um, last episode, I was telling you I was watching Nick Cannon's show, and well, his TV show um, has officially been canceled. It will end at the six-month mark, and that's it. What was funny and cute at the same time was Angela Yee from The Breakfast Club was on the episode, and she always comes on and kind of do like, you know, the hot, to- hot topics or what have you, and he was a hot topic, and she actually talked to him about his show being canceled, and I, I love Nick Cannon. I really do. The way that he responded was just so perfect. And um, he was like, well, one, we're going to keep rocking till our six months are up. He was like, I have had the time of my life on this show. And it was a dream come true for him. So as far as he's concerned, he's like, look, I can check the box. I have had an amazing time. I lived out my wildest dreams. And um, he was like, I'm a businessman. Y'all know. He runs shows, he produces, y'all know he got 15 jobs. He'd been in TV since he was a child on the backside of TV. So he was like, you know, as a businessman, like I get it. Um, What I will say is Nick's show comes on in the middle day at two o'clock. And while I do enjoy his show, the two o'clock daytime time slot is just not an ideal time for him. I think he would have been better suited in a late night slot. Just my opinion, but whatever. All right, moving on. 911. Ooh, y'all. So the show 911 returned last week, and the opening episode paid tribute to the movie Speed. It was a wild ride, y'all. They gave us everything we love about them and more. So Chimney and Maddie are finally going to return, and the show promises to give us the answers to the questions we have. Where Maddie been when she ran off with the baby? Why she come back? Why did she go? We did see her suffering from some postpartum um, some postpartum depression and stuff like that. She kind of felt ill-equipped to keep the baby, just all of that. So we're going to find out. Now, They their situation did not play out in the first episode. I believe it's supposed to begin to play out, though, in this week's episode, which will be episode two of their return. So there's that. Um, what else? Ooh, Eddie. So Eddie left the firehouse because he wanted to spend more time with his son Christopher he needed to be more present so he has a new job he is now working at the 911 dispatch call center where Maddie works very interesting um so Maddie's there and also May um shoot Angela Bassett's daughter 
on the show. So we don't know if he going to last. Um, I kind of had mixed feelings. I felt like he was good, but I wasn't sure if like that's what he wanted to do. It seemed like he kind of missed the action. You know, he gets the calls that leads to the action and he talks to the people doing the work on the ground, you know, like he used to be, but he just sitting there at a desk. So we shall see. Um, they also promised to turn up the action. And I guess if we thought some of that stuff was crazy making before, then we better hold on because it's about to go all the way up. Um, now, if you recall, back in August, Angela Bassett received a raise on 911, and Sis makes $450,000 per episode. She is the highest paid actress of color on a drama series. Ooh, talk about money in the bank. I love that for her. She is part of the reason why I even love 911. Like I came to love the other characters. I love Aisha Hines, but I didn't really know about a lot of them. So she was definitely the draw for me. So it's paying off, sis. It is really paying off. All right, moving on. So Mary J. Blige is going to do a Lifetime movie. Now, last year, Mary had like a movie documentary situation. It was more of a documentary come out about her life, which I watched and it was really good. But she has teamed up with Lifetime to executive produce Real Love, which is going to be an original film inspired by her hit song, Real Love. So she said that when she wrote Real Love, it was based on her real life experiences. And, you know, obviously many fans connected to it deeply and personal. Now, that was not the case for me. But matter of fact, when you sing all Mary songs, you sing in a way that you think that this was your story, right? Like, you know, Mary was going through it and we be singing to the top of our lungs with all this hurt and pain that we may or may not actually have. <laughs> but she hits you in such a way, you you be singing not gonna cry like he just walked out the door two minutes ago and you were just unable to can. So uh, I'm excited to see how this is going to play out. No word on when it's gonna go down, but it's coming. So hold your mule. All right, what else? Another reboot. White Man Can't Jump. Do y'all want to see a reboot? Do we need a reboot? I don't feel like we do. Part of me feels like I want new ideas and I hate all of this reboot business. But uh, the other part of me would be sucked into watching just because I need to know. So Jack Harlow has reportedly landed the lead role and white man can't jump. So that was his very first audition and apparently he killed it. So he will play Billy Hoyle, uh, who was Woody Harrelson's role in the original film. No word on who's gonna play Wesley Snipes' character, but there have been, you know, like some names tossed around just by the public, not by anybody related to the movie. Um, And the film will be produced by Kenya Barris again. But who asked for this? Whatever, moving on. All right, Woke. Woke is returning April 8th, and I'm excited. So Woke was a new show that came out on Hulu that we talked about. Um, Babe and I actually had done a drive-in advance screening for this show, and it's so good. So cartoonist Keith Knight is now a popular activist on the rise. (laughs) He's facing the world where Woke has become big business. Can Keith and his friends bring about real change, or is it just about the dollars? So we're going to see Keith navigate the new world without destroying what he has become, to be determined. 
Um, inspired by the life and work of Keith Knight, Woke continues to uh, share the black nerd and activist culture. It's a bit of satire mixed in and like a kind of wink and smile. Like if you've seen the show, then you definitely understand that. But it's a really, really good show. And so I am looking forward to its return and the antics. They have like this animated element to it, which I feel like is hard to describe. But inanimate objects begin to talk to him and they are funny as hell. One of the voices is JB Smooth and they be shading the hell out of him. And it's almost like you're conscious, right? Like if you the voices you hear in your head, but you can see them on the show. And they are just as hilarious as his, uh, just as hilarious as his real life friends. So stay tuned. There'll be more about that. All right. What else? Regina Hall put out a new movie. She also was one of the three women co-hosts for the Oscars, Oscars this year was her, Wanda Sykes and Amy Schumer. Um, but the movie is called, first of all, it's a horror movie and y'all know I don't like horror. So I have not seen it. But it's called Master, and she plays Professor Gail Bishop, who was recently promoted to Master of a Residence Hall for the first time at this college that a black woman has never held a post at. Y'all know I don't like this all white shit, and then we have a black person we throw into the mix, and then the white people do shitty and fucked up stuff to them to try and run them off. That's kind of where this is going. So she finds herself wrapped up in some trials and tribulations, and we gonna see. Or y'all gonna see, because I'm not gonna watch. But it came out on March 18th on Prime Video, if you are interested. I like Regina Hall. I love Regina Hall. She is funny as shit. But this ain't a funny movie. (laughs) So it's hard for me to even consider it. If I do, I'll have to watch it while I'm behind Babe's back, making faces and peeping through my hands like a small child. Uh, Stay tuned. I'll let you know if I do watch. If you don't hear nothing about it, just know that sis hasn't watched it, okay? All right, so that's it for your pop culture update. Okay, so let's get into what Mimi is watching. Mm, I feel like I watched a few things um, in the last couple of weeks. So Rise Up, Sing Out is a new Disney uh, cartoon. It's an animated series. And it is about empowering young multicultural viewers with new animated short film. Uh, short form. Ugh, I can't talk. Um, so it is executive produced by Questlove and Black Thought of the Roots, and it's an eight episode musical series that provides messages of optimism, self-love, and celebrating diversity. Um, you can watch it on Disney Junior. It's hella cute. I watched a few episodes. It is hella, hella cute. They did a really dope job with it, and it's definitely resonating with children. And I love that it's something different and to the non-blacks that watch it, you know, it opens up their eyes to, I want to say a bit of the culture and a different kind of understanding and view of the black culture and all that comes along with it. Um, But it is a really, really cute show. I like it a lot. I obviously don't need to keep watching it, but I did want to just check it out. And the music is bomb because Quest Love and Black Thought. All right, so another animated show, another little dope black girl is Ada Twist Scientist, and that one is on Netflix. And Ada is this pint-sized scientist, and her two best friends, they're like, ask the big questions, and they work together to like discover the truth about stuff. So 
Um, two, they have two seasons that are out and each season is only six episodes. So Nori and I blasted through a few of them. Um, the only thing Nori didn't like was that they made her two best friends white, which I get, but it's a really cute series. Um, what else? I think this is the last animated one. Karma's World, which is on Netflix. So I believe I talked to y'all about this when it came out because Nori and I definitely watched during the time in which we were doing her hair. And it was a really, really cute show. It is Ludacris' show. So Ludacris the Rapper, it is his show. And it is named after his oldest daughter, whose name is what you guessed it. Her name is Karma. So, um... It's a cute story. Uh, Ludacris is the voice of the dad. And (laughs) it was funny. It had like lessons for you to take away and stuff like that. So I am excited that they got a season two. And season two is eight episodes long. So do check it out um, for the kids, the nieces, the nephews. You know, if they come over and you need something for them to watch, like this is, you know, those three shows are definitely great options for them to check out. All right, what else? Um, There's a new show out on Peacock called Bust Down. And it stars some people that I don't really know. Sam J, I do know. She's a comedian. The others are Chris Rudd, Langston Kerman, and Jack Knight. There are four casino employees living these dead-end lives with dead-end jobs in the middle of America and the massive mess they managed to make out of it. So it premiered earlier in March. And I tried to get into it, but it didn't do it for me. I only got through most of the first episode. However, my husband watched it. He said that shit is hilarious. So I might consider giving it another shot. But um, eh, I don't know. There are definitely other things on my playlist that come ahead of that. Uh, what else? Turning Red. Ooh. Okay. So Turning Red came out on Disney Plus and Nori and I watched it and loved every minute of it. It has all of the elements you want in a animated movie. It was funny. It was really funny. So Turning Red is about a 13 year old girl. Her name is, um, Malin and she turns into this giant red panda whenever she gets excited. You've likely seen the commercials because they are everywhere. Um, It's a cute movie. It's a family movie. There was a lot of unwarranted controversy over this movie. Sensitive pansies, as I like to call them. Um, And they were just like, it's not fit for children. Do you know why they think it wasn't fit for children? Because they talk about having a period. A period. Get me right if I'm wrong. Did you have a choice in having your period? Because I didn't. Like, I don't know what they fussing about. Why they're fussing about it. Last time I checked, periods were not optional. They are a very natural thing that all young women are going to go through. So why can't we talk about it? And it's not like they're talking about it as ad nauseum. Like she's a young girl who's experiencing her period, much like all of us did. And not talking about it isn't one, gonna make it go away or B, it's not gonna show up in future girls. Like you can't stop it. Believe me, I've tried. I've tried everything to make mine stop and go away, but you can't. So for those of us that already have them, You can't take it back. And for those that are going to get them, you can't stop it from happening. So why 
is everybody's panties in a bunch because America is fucking sensitive as fuck and it is obnoxious. Now, it is a movie that um, shares some of the Asian culture and I thought it was really nice. There's so many multi-layered lessons in it. There's so many sub-stories within the big story. There's definitely the mother-daughter dynamic, the cultural dynamic, um, the wanting to appease your parents as you learn about yourself and maybe those things don't kind of mesh well like they used to. Like, it was a really cute movie. I think Nori watched it like three times the weekend it came out. So you could watch it with your children. Uh, My daughter is 10. We have long had the period talk, but I think for a child that isn't, they are not going to make a big fuss about the whole period talk. Whatever. I, I feel like stuff like that, again, it's a natural thing. And if it comes up, you don't have to go in deep, dark details if you don't want to. Give them a response and keep it pushing. Half the time, they don't even dwell on stuff like that. But anyway, Turning Red was an excellent movie, one I would definitely watch again. All right, what else? Ooh, The Shop came back. So LeBron show The Shop, it moved from HBO to Uninterrupted on YouTube, which reminds me, I probably haven't watched, I don't know. I was going to say I probably haven't watched the most recent episode, but when they were on HBO, they didn't regularly put out episodes. Like you couldn't, it was hard to track. I definitely relied on the DVR to pop up and be like, hey, it's a new episode of the shop one. And I don't know if they're maintaining that same schedule now that they're on YouTube. Um, I did watch the first episode, which was good. Um, now their reason for moving was to give larger audiences access to the discussions that take place on the show. Um, so obviously you had to have, you know, pay for HBO in order to watch it. So now with YouTube, you know, everybody could watch it for free. So, um, they also said in the future, it would be available as a podcast, which I think is dope because it's just barbershop conversation with celebrity guests. But I will say, I always enjoy the conversation, no matter who the guests are, whether I know all of them or not, it is good conversation. So, um, the first episode for this new fifth season Um, includes Donald Glover, Jay Balvin, Quinta Brunson, and Lamar Jackson. Top tier conversation. So go to uh, Uninterrupted on YouTube and subscribe if you want to be notified. I don't have. I did subscribe, but I don't have my notifications on. See, I'm telling you to do a thing that I'm not so that you don't miss out. All right, what else? Inventing on y'all. I watched this crazy ass shit about this crazy... I think she was some Russian bitch on Netflix. That child was off her rocker. Off her rocker. Oh my God. That was based on a true story. So there is a real person who really did these things and is really in jail right now. But if you have seen it, you know how foolishly absurd this child was. She is the perfect example of when you lie to yourself so much, you believe your own lies. You believe them as fact. And that was her. It was the craziest shit ever. But Shonda Rhimes wrote it and Shonda ain't no slash. She is one of the best storytellers out there. She has such a way of luring you in. I don't care what the topic is. She's also doing Bridgerton, by the way. So um, do check it out. It's like five or six episodes, I think. Episodes are pretty long. It's almost like a bunch of mini movies, but it was really, really good. And this bitch is really, really crazy. All right, moving on. Um, Domino Masters is a new show that came out on Fox 5 and I love it. It is good, wholesome, clean family TV. Now we also used to watch Lego Masters, which is 
a show about building these massive, crazy uh, Lego creations based on the challenges you give they're given. And that's essentially the same premise for Domino Masters, only obviously they're using dominoes. It's a good show. It's funny. It's a lot of excitement and build up. And like I said, it's something we can all watch. So we do enjoy it. Um, I know how to play dominoes because my mama taught me, but I don't know how to build with dominoes. And that's what these people are doing. They are building. They ain't playing a goddamn thing, but they are doing building. And these like, um, I don't know what you even call them. These massive like decorative themed so every episode you have a theme right so one of the themes was sports so you had to build this whole sports situation you got to pick your sport and then it'll give you some elements so for the sports one one of the things they had to include in their bill was some sort of scoring right so baseball you know you got to take the bat and hit the ball and football you had to you know score they kicked it into the uprights but the way that they are stacking and manipulating these dominoes and setting them up is incredible. So, feel good TV. What else? Ooh, I binge watch. Okay, wait. First of all, let me ask you. Have, do y'all know who Tyler Henry is? Have you ever heard of his name? Have you ever seen him on TV? I love Tyler Henry. He's a little gay, white, young man. He is extremely talented beyond measure and um, I love his personality and his mom his mom is like a good time but they have the exact opposite type of personality so it's funny to watch the two of them interact uh well Tyler had a show on E and now he's back on Netflix he's back on the Tizub. so the show is called Life After Death with Tyler Henry and I binge watched it and it was so good now I don't believe in psychics and stuff like that but this young man is so damn talented. Um, he doesn't tell or like predict the future in that kind of kooky kind of way. If you believe in that, that's your business. If you like it, I love it. But I don't. But he does have some sort of like communication with the dead. I feel crazy describing this. Um, and so his show he had was on E! And it was called Hollywood Medium. And that ran for a few years and then it was canceled. So what he would do is sit down with random people in Hollywood and kind of give them these messages from the dead, if you will. So he has this information that's coming in. And so he might ask you, like, do you have a man in your family? You know, with the name starts with J or he might be like a James or something like that. And then what you do is you just confirm how that fits into the pieces and puzzles of a loved one in your family and stuff like that. So the information comes in, he'll ask you some questions and tell you not to go into detail, but just confirm like, okay, I know what this is. And if you do or don't, he still explains what it means, right? So sometimes um, the guests on there have to call relatives to kind of fill in the blanks. Um, and sometimes they just know, but it's mind blowing how um spot on he is and it's even more mind-blowing for the people who come in they're like I don't believe this shit I don't believe in shit like this at all and then they are like either in tears <laughs> like he might give you some confirmation of some things he might relieve you of some guilt you've been harboring and stuff like that it's very fascinating to watch so I believe that he is genuinely talented and so it was an easy binge watch for me so this one, though, is a little bit different. So there is actually a backstory about he and his family going on in this series. So on the show, 
when it was on E, it would just be him. You see his mom or his assistant just drive him to his appointments. Tyler does not watch a whole lot of TV. He don't know the latest shows. He don't know most of the people in Hollywood and he damn sure don't know music. So on his show on E, he did one for Bobby Brown. He didn't know who Bobby Brown was and he damn sure didn't know that these messages he was relaying was from Whitney Houston, who was his deceased ex-wife. Like he had no idea. So um, it's always funny to me to see how he reacts when people tell him who they are. Uh, but it was really good. So I'm not going to give it away um, in case you want to watch. But there is an underlying family story going on about Tyler's family that you see play out. And my mouth was open. So in each episode, he does his regular readings with people. And um, not all of these people are like rich and famous. It's a little different this time. Some of them are. But um In each episode, you get some bits and pieces of the family drama that he has going on and you get to see it play out through each episode. It was some crazy making stuff. All right, anyway, moving on. Um, I know Bad Vegan is out. I haven't watched. Babe told me to watch because he watched it. Um, We did start watching Young, Famous, and African. Both of those are on Netflix. Y'all, have y'all watched Young, Famous, and African? (laughs) It's a reality show with Young, Famous, and uh africans and they are like look this ain't no poor ass third world country we got jets and designer stuff just like you americans and europeans and everybody else got in other countries it's entertaining i will say that the fashions are amusing the show is quite entertaining um babe and i have watched several episodes so we gonna keep going with that but yeah it is uh entertainment that I didn't know I needed until I started watching I had no idea what it was about you know or anything like that but a worthy watch all right so that's it from what Mimi is watching okay so I want to talk about one of my new favorite shows on tv and oddly enough I had plans to talk about this long before the Oscars (laughs) so we gonna get into it I just need to know, have you watched Bel Air? It is one of the top three shows that I am watching on television. Every episode leaves me wanting more and is better than the last. Me and my bestie T unpack every episode like we get paid to do it, which we should, whatever. All right, focus. So, Let's get into some backstory on Bel Air before I give you my thoughts. There aren't any really uh, real spoilers um, in this discussion. So if you haven't watched and you want to watch, I'm not ruining anything for you. But bitch, why you ain't watching already? All right, anyway. So three years ago, March 2019, um, Morgan Cooper, who was a fan of the Fresh Prince of Bel Air, took the internet by storm with this video he created called Bel Air. It was an instant viral sensation, of course. Um, The video was incredible. Now, Morgan is a filmmaker himself, so he ain't no slouch. This wasn't just some basic somebody at home. Like, he already had those kind of filmmaking schools. But then Will saw it, and Will posted it when he saw it and thought that the idea was brilliant. Now, Morgan said he grew up watching Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. He was probably about five, (laughs) y'all. He was young, young. 
Um, but he said the idea randomly came to him. So um, he was quoted as saying, this all started with a crazy idea that I had while driving down 71 Highway in my hometown, Kansas City, Missouri. It was pure inspiration. The exact tone, the visualization, everything hit me all at once. I was so hyped. I screamed for like two minutes straight. Then I took a deep breath and said, okay, I'm, I'm going to do this. I'm going to reinterpret the fresh prints through my lens and perspective. I've got to do this no matter what, no matter how crazy or out of reach this may seem to anyone. I'm going to do this. So I drove to a coffee shop that night and wrote the outline for the project. I pitched the idea to my, produce, my producer and my homies and they believed in the vision. So if you've seen the video, which at the time in which it came out, it was kind of hard not to see the video. But um, they used exactly what was happening in his video pilot in the show. So um, Will, in his own real life, you know, escaped from Philly and came to Hollywood. Um, he brought some of his old Philly friends with him. And some of his friends back home were being killed. And, you know, like the streets was hot. It was some stuff going on and not everybody made it. So the original Fresh Prince of Bel-Air story was actually created and based on record uh, exec, talent manager, producer, a million other titles, Benny Medina's life. So um, it's funny that there are, you know, there is some bit of will woven into the story, but it was about Benny Medina's life. So, boom. Then the Bel Air comes out. Um, so this isn't a reboot. This is, I don't think it's a reboot. It's been debated on the internet, you know, the great place where everything is debated. It's a reimagined present day show. It solidly stands on its own. Like, I don't feel like you can compare it to the original, even though people do, because again, the internet is where people come to debate, but I don't think there is a comparison to be made. Um, the show is top tier and there are lots of nuances at play. We are now nine episodes in. And like I said, each episode is better than the last. So Bel Air is dropped weekly. So we don't get all the episodes up front. You got to wait. They ration them out to us. It drops a new episode, uh, well, they drop a new episode every week on Thursday at 5 a.m. Eastern time, and it airs on Peacock. Um, Y'all, you are missing out if you are not watching. Okay, let's talk about the casting. So, they hit the nail on the motherfucking head with these people that they picked to represent and bring the story to life of these old characters. So, Will is Jabari Banks. Um, no doubtedly, this show will and has catapulted his career. Just like it did Will's back in the day with Fresh Prince. Like, that was his first thing. Like, yesterday's prices are not today's prices for that young man. Let me tell you, the sky is the limit for him. And I can't wait to see, like, how that plays out. Um, we also get to see... A lot of sides of Will, which we got to see in Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. You got to see the vulnerability, the goofiness, the serious, the play, of course, and all of that. And Jabari nails it. His mannerisms, his facial expressions are so spot on. But when I'm watching, I don't feel like 
I'm watching The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. I definitely feel like I'm watching this new show, um, which is why I say it solidly stands on its own. All right, so then there's Aunt Viv, played by Cassandra Freeman. And um, she's been acting, I think, since the early 2000s. Um, I know she was in the last OG, which was um, Tracy Morgan's show. Originally had Tiffany Haddish in it, too. She just was on a couple of episodes, nothing major. Um, ooh, I had mixed feelings about her on the show. She's growing on me. Um, she and Hillary certainly have that mother and first daughter complicated dynamic. And I think that shit pisses me off. What's funny is I'm not sure why, because I don't have that type of relationship with my mom. Um, yet it feels triggering in a way, which is really interesting. So I'm the youngest and the second and last. So, um, I, I definitely have a much different relationship with my mom than my sister does, but it's definitely relatable. So I've always been a girl who's going to do what she wants anyway. And I definitely can relate to Hillary's character in that kind of way. Uh, whereas Aunt Viv, she is hyper-focused on the image and like, we don't do things this way because it's not ladylike or it doesn't look good. It is, it's exhausting to me. <laughs> now, my mother is very conservative and I'm the exact opposite. So again, I get it. Maybe that's what it is. Um, so my mom lets her hair down every now and again. My mother rocks a bald head, but whatever. Uh, but she is growing up in particular. She was very, very conservative. Like I said, in a way that I'm clearly not. Um, but with that said, Aunt Viv gives us Aunt Viv. The energy, um, the reads. She'll serve your ass up on a motherfucking platter with the classiest shade she can muster up. Um, despite her kind of prim and proper way of doing things. Make no mistake that she is Aunt Viv and she gives us all of the sass and everything that we came to love in the original dark skin Aunt Viv. All right, so Uncle Phil. Uncle Phil is played by Adrian Holmes and he's been working since the early 90s, although I'm not really familiar with his work. Now, I realized recently that he was the male interest in Adventures in Christmasing, which is a movie that I watched over the last Christmas season that stars Kim Fields. Um, now, when I looked him up, I did see that he had done some like animated series work, um, several TV shows and movies, but uh, I couldn't really, you know, point him out or anything. So, um, he is kind of sexy though, y'all. I don't know if he was sexy then as he is now, but he's giving us some fever on Bel Air. He got some shit with him, but he's very handsome. He's smooth. I have some mixed feelings about him too, because I feel like he is selfish as fuck. And that annoys me a little bit. Um, also, I hate when people get money and they suddenly are just like totally and completely out of touch with life. Like they just are so rich and famous that they just cannot relate to their humble beginnings, you know, or anything like that. So you don't have to go to the hood or no shit like that, but don't be a dick. And there are times where I'm like, he's a total dick and I wish he would not. All right, so Hillary. Hillary is played by the beautiful um, milk chocolate Coco Jones. Coco Jones is like 24 years old. She's young. Um, she's done a few TV series. I wasn't familiar, but she was in a five point series. Um, she was Kelsey on Good Luck Charlie. 
I'm too old to be watching that. Um, so random. So a child star. She's also a singer, which I didn't know. I happened to I happen upon a video she had on Instagram. Y'all, she was singing, singing. And I was like, girl, that's right. Show, show us all your talents because all of them are going to go far. Not just Jabari, who's playing Will's character, but Coco, her star has risen so high um, that she better show us all her talents, get all her coins and milk this for all that it's worth. Um, we have a different experience with Hillary though in Bel Air. She definitely has more depth to her. Hillary was definitely superficial on Fresh Prince of Bel Air. <laughs> Uh, but there are some tie-ins, which I appreciate. So on Bel Air, um, Hillary is into the social media game, which is obviously the 2022 version of Hillary being on TV. Um, I think Aunt Viv sees so much of herself in Coco, um, but she's not quite bold enough to own it in a way that Coco, Coco's character Hillary does in a more unapologetic way. And so that is refreshing like to just be like, oh, I'm gonna do it. I don't have all the answers. It's not perfect. Maybe it's not polished, but I'm gonna do it because this is what I want and to hell what everybody else says. It speaks to my rebel. All right, so then there's Carlton, played by Ollie Sholatan. Mm, dear Carlton. So Ollie is a Nigerian-American actor, singer, and music producer. So he just started acting according to IMDb like last year. So he's new to the game. And mostly he irritates the fuck out of me as he plays Carlton. And ooh, it took me a solid eight episodes to find what I believe is a redeeming quality about his character. <laughs> this ain't the Carlton Banks from the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, let me tell you. Um... I'll see if the feeling sticks around. Nine episodes in, I still feel that way. But a little piece, tiny piece of him won me over in episode eight. Um, So in this series, Lisa is Carlton's ex-girlfriend that Will's now feeling, um, which obviously was not the storyline in um, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. I don't like how he treated her. He does the booger sugar because rich black man around all white people in preppy schools. Um, in later episodes, we find out he does the booger sugar and he's got some whole Xanax issue going on. And it's what these kids are doing in some of these expensive ass schools. Um, y'all heard the stories about the kids having meth labs and shit like that and cr- uh, crushing up Ritalin. And they did keep the Uncle Tom vibes. I will say that. It definitely goes beyond that. It's far, far deeper than that. But they definitely got the Uncle Tom vibes down for sure. Um, as much as I hate his character, um, I think that speaks to Ollie's job as an actor. He's doing an incredible fucking job for people to have such a, what feels like a real life disdain for someone that he is only portraying. Like when you have such a, a visceral reaction or just a strong reaction, period. That means that man is selling that role, okay? So, um, also we get a taste of his singing in episode nine. Um, so we get to see a little piece of that. All right, who else? Then there is Ashley, Ashley Banks, played by Akira Akbar, who I did recall, she was in Captain Marvel um, as Monica Rambeau. 
she also played young Beth in an episode of This Is Us. I did not remember her from that, but she definitely um, played her. Um, I love her. She's just as precocious as the original Ashley, but she's real woke and aware and isn't afraid to share her knowledge. And um, it's cute, but current. We haven't seen a lot of her story. We've seen some bits and pieces. I won't give it away. Um, but I definitely look forward to them kind of unfolding more of her story. Okay, so we have a few more to go. So there is Jeffrey, y'all. Ooh, Jeffrey might be my favorite of everybody on the show. So Jeffrey is played by Jimmy Akimbola, and he's been acting since the early 2000s as well, although I haven't seen any of his work. Let me tell y'all. Jeffrey is a motherfucking G and real G's move in silence and he is like the Olivia Pope, if you will, of the Banks family. He is smooth as hell and he gets shit done. So he's like the muscle in a lot of ways. Um, he, he has a good relationship with the kids um, in a way that he won't always dime them out, but he will reel them in and give them the business at the same time. He don't play, and they definitely have a respect for him. But I like what they've done with this character. Definitely different. He ain't the housekeeper or no shit like that. He is the muscle. Like, he is... He is the fixer, the closer, whatever you want to call him. He is the Olivia Pope, literally, of the Banks family. And, um, yeah, <laughs> he's a smooth criminal. I enjoy him. All right, so then there's Lisa, played by Simone Joy Jones. And she's fairly new to acting. Um, I think this is, like, maybe her third uh, acting gig. She can also sing, too. And I read that she's going to be in Black Panther too. So I think that's pretty dope. Um, I like Lisa. I love her on the show. I love what she brings to the show. Um, I told y'all she's the ex-girlfriend of Carlton who is digging Will. But um, she brings a good energy, a good vibe. The story is her mother and Aunt Vi were like best friends. Like best friends, so close they were like sisters. So that's the connection there. Um, but y'all, it's good. It's so good. Oh. So if you are not watching Bel Air, do you plan to watch? Because I'm telling you, you are missing out on some top tier shit. All right. One more person, Jazz. So Jazz was played by DJ Jazzy Jeff um in the original, and now uh it's played by Jordan L. Jones. He has only been acting since 2017, so he doesn't have like a long portfolio. But he was on Little Rail Show, Rail, which I actually watched. Um, I don't remember him. And it said he was in an episode of Snowfall, which is a show I do watch. Again, I don't recall him. But Jazz is not the stupid friend. On The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, Jazz would drop some nuggets here and there, but largely he was a bit of a dunce. Not in this one. He has a solid story built around his character and I love that they definitely gave him some depth um we're learning more about him there is uh he owns a music store so while he is not the DJ he definitely has a musical connection but 
They did everything right in creating Bel Air. Every single thing right. All right. So let's summarize some of this. So Bel Air is just quite frankly, one of the best things on television right now, hands down. I told y'all this show is top tier. I didn't know what to expect, but I know Will Smith ain't no slouch. And so in that, I'm not surprised that this show is so incredible. He goes all out in what he does. And he definitely did that with this show. Um, He put out the greatest audible of all time. And he doesn't need any more fame. But this show, I feel like, has kind of gave him renewed interest in the art from a different perspective. Um, On his journey to 50, he talked a lot about shedding this picture-perfect image and um, working the plan that he had, but not being completely happy because he felt a little controlled and didn't feel free to be himself and be creative in a way that he wanted to. And now we see that a lot, especially if you follow him on Instagram or you uh, subscribe to his YouTube channel. Um, And this definitely seems like more of a creative license. I like him behind the camera. So I think this is really dope. I like Will behind the camera. I think he's doing a dope job with this project. And the older he gets, the more focused he seems to be on what he wants and what feels good to him versus others. And this show is so good. All right. So it's definitely a show I think that has longevity for sure. Um, As a fan of the original, it's fun to peep like the Easter eggs in the reimagined version. So they definitely give us some jewels and some nuggets that if you were a fan of the original show, you're like, hmm. I recognize that or that stands out to me or I remember this. So there's some of that. Some of these I've caught before I've caught and some of them I didn't. So in episode one, Will's friend is from Philly and his name is Trey, which is a nod to Ice Trey, which was Will's friend and Fresh Prince of Bel-Air played by uh, Don Cheadle. And then Hillary is a food influencer Um, which is funny because she was a disastrous cook in the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Just a stone cold, terrible, awful. (laughs) Um, And then let's see, in episode three, uh, Will flips his Bel-Air Academy jacket inside out after he spilled mustard on his clothes, which also happened in the original series. Um, And then he continued to wear his uh, uniform school blazer inside out, you know, where you could see the print pattern. All right, also in episode three, um, we see Uncle Phil who's running for LA district attorney. But if you remember in Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, he runs for superior court judge and he let Will talk him into making this foolish ass campaign video for him. Um, Carlton still wants to go to Princeton University, which is exactly where he wanted to go in Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Carlton, (laughs) and this, then Bel-Air, he does cocaine intentionally, but there was the episode in Fresh Prince of Bel-Air where Carlton accidentally does speed because he found it in Will's locker. That was a crazy episode. Um, Let's see what else. Episode four, we see Jazz flirting with Hillary. Um, and she, in a subtle way, uh, seems to flirt back. But we know in Fresh Prince of Bel-Air that Jazz had a major crush on Hillary and she pretty much turned down his advances almost every step of the way. 
he got in a little bit here and there, but large in part, she wasn't feeling it. Um, I told you Jazz owns a record store and has a strong love for hip hop, just like Jazzy Jeff. Um, Hillary finds out that Will knows how to play the piano, um, which is a nod to an improvised scene in The Fresh Prince um, in the pilot when Will plays a classical number uh, as Uncle Phil was like eavesdropping. Um, What else? What else? What else? Uh, Aunt Viv flies Trey out to visit because Will's homesick, which is what she did. That's how we got to meet Ice Trey in the original series. So that part is the same. And then Will calls Carlton C as a term of endearment. Um, and he definitely, you know, did that in A Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. He called him uh, C-Note, which was in reference to his love for Broadway. So that was cute to see. Um, ooh, this one was an obvious one for me. Lisa tells Will she was named after her great aunt in Bel-Air. And her name is actually Beulah. And her middle name is Lisa, even though she goes by Lisa. And I remember Nia Long's character as Lisa sharing this story right before her and Will were deciding to get married. And they were talking about like how well you know a person. And that's how Will found out that Lisa was not her first name. That was a really uh, funny episode. Um, Some other things to note, um, Matthew Cherry, a.k.a. the hair love guy, is also one of the producers on the show Bel Air, which I love. Keep it black. Keep the brotherhood going. I love, love, love that. Um, Terrace Martin, who I don't know, but Robert Glasper, I do know, they compose all of the score for Bel Air, which is more black man magic, like black boy joy, all of that. Um... Uh, according to the Googler, it took 13 days to film the season. And um, I know we're going to get more. Now, off the break, Peacock had already ordered two seasons just on the strength of the pilot that uh, Morgan created in a video. And so I'm certain we're going to get more than that. Have There is so much to unfurl so many ways you can go with the story that I believe it could definitely have the same longevity that the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air had. Um, In episode nine, we get a blast from the past. So we had a few guest stars to include two from the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, the veterans in the game. So light-skinned Aunt Viv, Daphne Maxwell-Reed, guest stars in that episode, as does Vernie Watson-Johnson, who is Vi, Will's mom. And then um, actress Karuchi Tran also pops up in that same episode. So that was nice to see some old familiar faces and then just a familiar face. So I look forward to all. I look forward to everything they have to bring. They are killing it every single week. And I know it's only going to continue to get better. So do let me know. Shout me a holler. Are you watching Bel Air? If you haven't. Check out at least one episode and let me know what you think. If you are like me and you're watching every episode, let me know what your thoughts are, what sticks out, what you like, what you don't like, so we can talk about it. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Mimi Said What. Thank you for listening, for subscribing, and sharing. Tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend. You are appreciated. You can follow me everywhere on social at Mimi Cute Lips. And as you continue the conversation, don't forget to use the hashtag Mimi Said What. Until next time, cuties. <laughs>